It's the Healthy Families Podcast, and I am your host, Jenny Hatch. The internet blew up yesterday around a Twitter thread from someone named Clandestine, who has been working diligently on his substack for the past year to connect the dots between the Biden administration, the DNC, Hunter Biden's laptop, and government funding of weapons labs, Ukrainian bioweapon labs, and the funding by Hunter Biden of one of the labs to the tune of millions of dollars on behalf of a company named Metabiota, Metabiota, Metabiota. And we have a February 24th, 2022 letter from President Zelensky ordering the destruction of all government files for Metabiota. And clandestine is the person who has been gathering all of the documentation around this story. Yesterday, his Twitter thread topped off at seven and a half million views just after the first 24 hours. And I witnessed that it had 15 views last night, 15 million views at the time I went to sleep last night. Notables like Donald Trump Jr. and Elon Musk have been retweeting this thread on Twitter. So it's definitely getting some play. And it has been fun this morning to watch clandestine smacking around anyone who shows up to question, hey, there's no proof that President Obama was in Ukraine. And he's shared a story proving that that was the case. President Obama and I guess he was senator back then. Senator Obama and Luger went to Ukraine. It was widely reported by the mainstream media. He's got another photo here of President Obama with some other notables in Donkst, Ukraine in 2005. So that's definitely when he was a senator. And um, I reported at Blugging Mothers Magazine back in the day that one of the first bills that President Obama put forward as a new senator had to do with the funding by the government, our government, of um, various things tied to pandemics. This wasn't covered very much. And the article I found proved that President Obama and his wife had invested in stock with the Baxter pharmaceutical company and were preparing to make lots of money off of the legislation that he had just put forth as a new senator. So even back in the day, President Obama knew how the game was played, how to enrich himself and his family with insider trading as a U.S. senator, and the grift goes on. So various and sundry notables on Twitter stopped by to question clandestine's facts, uh, no less than Whitney Webb. And she deleted the tweet that he smacked her back on. And um, Peter McCullough talked about how President Biden is planning to end the COVID-19 emergencies on May 11th. He just announced another extension of the emergency use authorization. And honestly, the emergency use authorization has been the key to all of their criminality. And they had to keep it alive for as long as possible. And now it's extended to May. And you have to ask yourself, is this two years too late for millions of people here in America and around the world who have been sickened by this weaponized virus and vaccine. And there have been so many deaths, young people, 
healing over dead with myocarditis, babies having heart attacks in their mother's wombs. And the, the idea that it's been extended a couple more months is so noxious to me, I can hardly stand it. I am just grateful at this point that the truth is coming out. And it's a very exciting time for those of us who have been long-term vaccine activists. Um, there's proof that the NIH emails prove that it was Anthony Fauci himself who facilitated the lab origin cover-up. I hope to see more of that in the coming weeks and months. And there's a video here from Project Veritas that has one of their own scientists talking about gain-of-function research being used to make money on this COVID shot that they plan to use in perpetuity. And so for those of you who, you know, have just been sort of existing under a rock and are not willing to go there, I would just ask you to suspend disbelief and and open up your eyes. Newsweek had a piece written just this month by Kevin Bass, who is a student in medical school getting a PhD. And it was his opinion that it's time for the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID and it cost lives. So there are people like this young man standing up right now, asking questions, asking the right questions. And then you have other people like Alex Kaplan, who is a journalist, covers for all of this in the media claiming that this is all just QAnon stuff and they're just lost and fallen and grossly misinformed. And Alex, as a journalist at Media Matters, which, if you want to know the history of that company, it used to be called Move On. And the reason why they set that up is because when all of the Clinton scandals were coming out at the end of the Clinton presidency, this organization, Move On, was set up to help people to, to move on from the scandals. Like, we'll just, we'll just move ahead away from this. And so Move On became Media Matters. And here's Alex, you know, on his Twitter, screaming about QAnon and trying to smack everybody he can around what's what. I don't think they're going to be able to get along with that for too much longer, maybe with certain segments of the most grossly misinformed people. But um, the truth is coming out, and you have a decision to make as an individual, and it's are you going to continue along the primrose path of uh, absolute trust in government entities tied to healthcare? Or are you going to think for yourself? And to me, it, it, that's it. You know, there's really not too much wiggle room in the middle. And, you know, for these people like Lilith, Eden, Denom, there are biolabs in practically every country in the world. The conspiracy theory is that the biolabs were being used by Ukraine to produce chemical weapons, pathogens to infect Russians, etc. That is clearly false. And then clandestine shared a video of a CBS report where a CBS news team went into Ukraine, interviewed the head of one of these biolabs, were in the lab, proving that it does exist. So for those of you who say there's nothing there, there's some there there. And let's zero in on this company, Metabiota, because this is a company that absolutely has connections to Hunter Biden. There's proof on his laptop of those connections. And there is proof that he was funding out of Rosemont Seneca, his own company, some of these uh, weaponized biolabs. So Metabiota produces bioagents under diplomatic cover at Secret Labs, then sells pandemic insurance 
and trackers to help countries get ahead of what they are putting out. And the company is part of the Pentagon's DRTA program. And as I said, it's funded by Rosebond Seneca, which is in fact Hunter Biden. So Metabiota partners with industry and governments worldwide to build resilience to epidemics and protect global health. That is a noble ambition. Let's just give a shout out to Metabiota for the goal of building resilience to epidemics and protecting global health. Everybody should have that as their goal. The only question is, if they too are involved in creating, this is quite Machiavellian, but creating the virus in the first place, and then what do you know, they've got the solution. They've even got solutions before it shows up. Aren't they on top of things? Uh, then is that where we get to question and say, hmm, what's going on here? I, I think that's appropriate. So as an example, Metabiota was tapped by the Sierra Leone government and the World Health Organization to help monitor the spread of the virus and support the response after Ebola was discovered circulating in neighboring Guinea back in 2014. Then, Metabiota was contracted by the Pentagon to perform work for DTRA before and during the Ebola crisis in West Africa and was awarded $3.1 million in 2012 to 2015 to work in Sierra Leone, one of the countries, at the epicenter of the Ebola outbreak. See, they're getting it on both sides. They're funded to start the, the little uh, lab where the virus is created and weaponized. And then they're contracted to come in and actually work at the epicenter of the outbreak. And then, what do you know, they come up with the vaccine. Biowarfare scientists using diplomatic cover test the man-made viruses at Pentagon Biolabs in 25 countries across the world. These United States biolaboratories are funded by the Defense Threat Reduction Agency under a $2.1 billion military program. Metabiota sponsored a viral surveillance for the PREDICT program in 2014. From 2014 to 2017, they were on the lookout. Viral surveillance for the PREDICT program. They are the ones brought in to figure out, do we have an outbreak? In 2017, the study was supported by USAID through the Emerging Pandemic Threats PREDICT project. Co-authors were Nathan Wolf at Metabiota and Peter Dazak, we've heard that name before, and William Koresh at Echo Health Alliance and the PREDICT Consortium. You often see these same names popping up here and there on every end of it. The labs, the vaccines, sometimes the patent holders for the vaccines are the very people who funded and created the virus in the first place. Now that is a grift that just never stops. The USA is gaining total control over biological research facilities, researchers' facilities, researchers and stocks of deadly viruses in Ukraine. And by a lucky chance, Metabiota, a subcontractor, is sharing the building with Black and Vietch in Kiev. They even share building space. I call that, you know, just keeping it all in the family. The USA is in control of epi epidemiological situations in the region. They get access to every development in the sphere and manipulate population size while increasing American pharmaceutical corporations' profits. What do you know? What do you know? It's all tied together. Uh, and in 2018, it's a good reminder to know who was in charge of Ukraine for the Obama administration. And it was none other than bada Joe Biden. So flashback to 2016 Ukraine. 
Obama had a deep interest in Ukraine. Some might even think it had something to do with the laboratories built in Ukraine from 2014 to 2017. It seems that only Americans work there, and the Pentagon, meaning you and me, American taxpayers, financed them. At the time, 2014 to 2017, they counted 11 secret labs in Ukraine through which dangerous diseases spread. Official documents indicate that U.S. military doctors were studying the use of pathogens of especially dangerous infections in different regions of Ukraine. This is confirmed by outbreaks of dangerous infectious disease. And I remember back in the day when the H1N1 was coming on the scene, there were reports out of Ukraine of low-flying aircraft buzzing around certain cities and the next day you had all these people coming up sick with the flu, a really nasty form of the flu. And this was one of the hot spots that were pointed to by the World Health Organization claiming that we had a pandemic around the H1N1 flu. And boy, those agencies were ready to jump into action. I remember Kathleen Sebelius standing up and saying everybody had to get the shot. Everybody had to get the shot. And there were a couple of outliers in the conservative sphere. Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, they both just said publicly, I'm not getting any shot. And I think this emboldened others to just say, no, we're not getting this shot. And I had done enough research at the time that I knew that the H1N1 vaccine was going to be problematic for pregnant women. And if you will recall, back in the day, they wanted pregnant women and children to get that shot first. And so we had all of these moms having spontaneous abortions, miscarrying their children, and what I saw as one of the first big worldwide salvos in this war against moms and their babies. And since that time, there have been so many children lost, so much infertility produced in men and women that it is just staggering to consider the numbers of how much true bloodshed has gone on with the deaths of all of these unborn children and, and the, the lost hope of these young families. Sometimes the moms came up infertile after getting the H1N1 vaccine, and very few people over the years have pointed this out. The researchers will say, well, what happened in 2010? Why did the miscarriage rate spike? What happened? They're scratching their heads. And the last year or two, everybody's scratching their heads. Why are the, all these women losing their babies? What's up with fertility? What's going on? They're asking good questions, but very, very few are able to take the leap into the answer, which is in fact a depopulation agenda. And these globalists, you know, the ones at the heart of it, they love to make lots and lots of money along the way. And boy, do they ever. You got a mom and dad desperate to have a child. She's infertile. He can't get an erection because he got the shot. And then they turn to the doctors and say, okay, we'll do whatever it takes to get a baby. So they do course after course of in vitro. And it's tens of thousands of dollars and half a million dollars desperate to have a child. And it's all just part of the big hole. So Rosemont Seneca, RSTP, an investment firm led by Hunter Biden, was a lead financial backer of Metabiota, a pandemic tracking and response firm that partnered with Peter Daszak's Echo Health Alliance and the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Pilot Growth Management is currently the number one investor in Metabiota. Neil Callahan is the co-founder, who also just happened to be the co-founder of Rosemont Seneca. Neil Callahan, a name that appears many times on Hunter Biden's hard drive, also sits on Metabiotos, Metabiotas board of advisors. They're just one big happy family. They were literally investing in a biolab company which houses and tracks deadly pathogens, then 
creates tracking and global virus outlooks and the marketing of pandemic insurance to go along with it. Here's to Metabiota and their ingenious evil scheme. Who does this? Well, the Bidens do. Dr. Nathan Wolf, the guy from the BAT study and numerous other studies. Oh, yeah. Another familiar face there with good old Nathan is Ghislaine Maxwell. I'm sure they were just having dinner together and we have nothing to see here. In 2017, Metabiota announced some partnerships and set itself up to become the innovator of pandemic insurance. Not too many countries back in 2017 would understand that they needed it. Or did they? The Munich, this is Germany, reinsurance company, the largest global reinsurer, and InQtel, Inc., IQT, the strategic investor that accelerates the development of technologies to support the U.S. intelligence community, have signed strategic agreements with Metabiota. Working in collaboration, Marsh, Munich, Ari, and Metabiota developed Pathogen RX. It uses triggers such as Metabiota's new Pathogen Sentiment Index, which the epidemic risk specialist launched recently. I told you so, says Metabiota. You should have bought our pandemic insurance in 2018. The perfect setup for what's next. Reminder, they are housing and tracking deadly pathogens. And have you noticed the the media talking about how the next pandemic could come sooner and be even deadlier? We've heard this from various people, most notably uh, William, I can't hardly say his name, William the Evil, Bill Gates, has been talking about the next pandemic. It's almost like he knows something. Artificial intelligence modeling driven by companies such as Blue Dot and Metabiota anticipated the coronavirus, COVID-19, in China before it caught the world by surprise in late 2019 by both scouting its impact and its spread. Of course they did. Now everyone wants to partner with Metabiota and their expertise. Unbelievable. So I'm not going to share any more. This is from Blue Canaries Twitter feed, a post from... Oh, October 2021, connecting the dots between Metabiota and secret biological weapons labs in the Ukraine. Researchers like Blue Canaries and Clandestine have been the ones finding the canaries in the coal mines leading to today, and they have been the stalwarts who have laid it all out for anyone interested in seeing the truth, hearing the truth. And when you line this up with the fact that Clint Watts, who is definitely a CIA spook, who's been at the heart of the lies told by our journalists, Uh, Once you tie that all together and realize that there was a Russian disinformation campaign that was coming straight from the CIA through none other than Clint Watts, once you realize the propaganda side of the pandemic, how deep and how far it was spread through our media, then you understand the whole big grift. And honestly, there was one person kind of standing up and pointing it out from day one who understood all of the machinations of the money, how it all fit together. He was bold enough to file a lawsuit against Pfizer and Moderna around the week that the first vaccine 
was made available and they, they vaccinated our healthcare workers first. And it was that very week that he filed his lawsuit against Pfizer and Moderna. And that man is none other than Dr. Leonard Horowitz. And Dr. Horowitz has been the stalwart who did the original deep dives connecting the patents and the pant, the pandemics, the research labs, the politicians, the media. He outed them all 26 years ago in his Emerging Viruses book. He titled it Emerging Viruses, AIDS and Ebola, Nature, Accident, or Intentional. Dr. Horowitz laid it out in his book that it is and has been, in fact, intentional. And he has been sidelined, censored, and attacked ever since that book was written. But he was the first voice making these claims and every other layer of these emerging viruses as they have showed up, his voice has joined with a chorus of voices who are calling for truth, calling for true exposure and accountability. And it is such a joyful thing for me to see all of these things being bandied about, shouted from the housetops, 7 million views on clandestine's Twitter feed. This is glorious for me. And I am celebrating joyfully amidst the great sorrow of all of the needless death, dismemberment, and um, never-ending morass of human suffering that has resulted from these evil scientists hoisting their viruses on humanity. So I'd like to open up the show for questions or comments, if anybody's still there. Hello, Jade and Vlad. My monologue is over. If you have something to share, love to hear from you. Uh, you know, it's funny. I I just got a Discord uh, notification from Travis Pang when he goes, what is the greatest of all diseases feared, right? What would you, what would you list as the worst disease uh, for humanity? They put down fear and deception are the worst and greatest of all diseases. That's what I told him. Fear and deception, because that's what our country, in order to, to in their pandemic, exactly what you were saying, the vaccine, that horrible antichrist beast known as William Gates, and everybody involved, not only Big Pharma, Fauci, Biden, Obama, not only that, but other groups that have already, that had already planned this years before, 10 years before, five years before. So this would happen, are guilty of murder. They're guilty yeah. of murder. They have blood on their hands. They're, They're guilty of the unborn. I know that Jade shared that she took the shot when, okay, when she was one of the blessed ones. God bless you. You didn't have that. But what about the other women that weren't so fortunate, that did take the shot, believing these evil demons in power and miscarriage? They were on their second trimester. You know, let's say an example. I'm not saying all of them were. Or now they're, they're miscarrying now and they're not able to get pregnant. What happened then? Where's the justice there? You know? Well, and I also believe that Heavenly Father is the ultimate physician. And he promised us in the scriptures that the destroying angel would pass us by. And I think of some of these modern day plagues as destroying angels. And as these destroying angels are inflicting horror on certain families and individuals, he does have the power to protect from those plagues. He also says in the book of Revelations, come out of her, my people, and partake not of her plagues, this great whore of the earth. Don't stay there. If you, if you can leave, leave. And so I, I do think many individual families have been protected, their fertility protected. I constantly am praying for my own children who've been vaccinated and their spouses, especially those who haven't had any kids yet. I'm praying that they will be protected as they welcome their children. So God's the ultimate physician. 
And I'm not saying that people who lose a child don't have any faith. That's not the point. But there have been plenty of dead people over the decades because of these pathologized viruses. And I would just like the truth to come out. Exactly. Some, some people say, they may, be, they may be mentioned in a jokey kind of way, uh, two young white ladies come out and a young girl, they, they say, unvaxxed sperm is the next Bitcoin. Is that true? No, sign me up because I'm unvaxxed. And if they're going to be paying big big bucks for that, you know, we'll go to the sperm bank. Well, have that, you the, noticed, the, the, go ahead. Have you noticed, Vlad, these new blood banks opening up that are unvaxxed blood donations? Yeah. That that I have not. I'll be honest. I'm totally you're informing me, so I'm being enlightened right now. But no, it's uh, it's just yeah, now becoming cool. a thing. People want unvaxxed blood if they're going to get a transfusion. Uh, another another thing. Remember when we still talked to? I don't know if you still talked to William. That was one of the things that I stressed to him. You put your put your blood if it's unvaxxed. Put your blood in a blood bag. So when you do go through your operation, you know, whenever you do go through it, you have your blood reserved just for you, which is your own blood, and you know it's not back, because I, I feel sorry for many that are going to be going to the hospital, assuming they're going to, they, they don't know any better, you know, most people are ignorant, they're just going to get blood, blood, they're ignorant about it, they don't question authority, and what do they do? They're going to be getting somebody's vax blood. Well, like I said, it's, it's just becoming a thing, and I think in the coming days and years, you are going to see notifications for unvaxxed sperm, unvaxxed blood, and people are going to understand that this stuff is tainted, just like yeah. we were concerned back during the AIDS crisis. And, and, and what I would tell people is, if there is such a thing, take advantage of that and contribute, because there's going to be people that will require your blood, your sperm, and whatever other items that can be donated from you that is unvaxxed. For those people that, that, that did do their homework, like us, uh, Jenny, especially you, you speak against a lot of you, and I agree on a lot of the topics. I I love listening to you. You're you're a great man, and uh, and that's one of the things because you're always informative. You're always at the forefront of all these things regarding back vaccine. And believe it or not, um, I'm I'm not as educated as you, as informed as you. And that's it. But I follow, you know, because you're there to teach us. You're there to inform us. You're there to to shine light, you know. And, and well, anybody else, not just yourself, but anybody else who says willing to really be open and not, and, and not come in and attack us and being anti. It's not about being anti-vax, it's being informed. Being well, informed. and I hope, Vlad, as I talked, that there wasn't a feeling of like gloating in my voice. Because as no, happy as I am, as happy as I am that the truth is coming out, it was it is tinged with this absolute dark and sadness that there has been so much needless suffering and it, it needs to stop. And I believe we're getting close to when it's going to stop. There's more and more yeah. people speaking out. There's more accountability, accountability being requested on the part of certain politicians. I do think eventually we'll have the will to stand up to the pharmaceutical companies, especially and say enough. It stops right here. And, and until that day, you know, I, I'm just, I, I, I hate to hear, I hate to hear. With all these uh, authoritarian bastards at Davos and WEF are trying to, and, and you know, the who about vaccine passports. That's if we were to allow that. If yeah, they're forgetting right. that the people are the ones that have the power. The people, we the people, especially here in the United States, have the gut. We have a precious Second Amendment. And they can and will be taken out if they need to be. We need to go into a revolution, a true revolution. The, this is one of this is one of the things I just pointed out is that the circles are very small. It's not that many people, and they're in these incestuous relationships with with their companies and the money. And it's a very small circle who've been at the top. And I I just think you know now's the time to fully expose it, and then help as many people as we can to recover. You know if if people can recover using natural healing. Um, Let's help them recover instead of just kicking them to the curb. This is the other side of people who have vaccine damage as they reach out for help. Insurance agencies and medical personnel are just saying, no, just, you know, deal with it on your own. That to me is so heartless and so unfair. Well, yeah, because think about it. Imagine right now, I don't, I don't know if maybe you you mentioned it, but uh, have, have the insurance companies been 
negating any of the insurance policies to people that died from, uh, from the COVID vaccine or even the COVID um, virus or anything? Well, what, what they've noticed in the insurance end of it is that there have all these untimely deaths. And okay. so there, there has been a nod by certain people to say that over, over the years, you'd expect a certain number between the ages of like 20 and 60 to die from car accidents or whatever. But they said the number, that number has gone up so significantly yeah. that the, the only thing they can really point to is in fact there, COVID. There was the there was this lady who I befriended years ago, and I, I'm not I wasn't ready. Now I'm more ready, but she was trying to get me into the Primerica. I don't know if you heard it, Primerica. Oh yeah, we used insurance. to Primerica so, guy. And and you know I said to myself, when I'm ready, I'll I'll go because I go. I know you guys are very uh, you pressure people too much, and I don't like that. Uh, I believe in a different approach. I go in this mandatory Tuesday meeting. So I go, I have mandatory Bible study for my church. I go, how's that? Uh, I just think about, I got to show up every week. I go, I don't like that attitude. Uh, maybe at the beginning, the first month or two, drill, drill me, uh, not grill me, drill me with all the information and I go out there and sound, but it's just being a little bit too, and, and she had that tactic. And I, I remember right in the midst of COVID at the beginning, well, actually towards uh, the first year, like the end of 2020, around that, maybe early 2021, she called me up again. And I, you know, she tried to get me in, but I was like, dude, we're in the middle of this. Really, I want to, you think I want to be visiting people right now that are dropping dead? You know, the vaccine was barely being rolled out and all that. I didn't care about it. I was working. And I just had to completely cut her off. It, it was unfortunate because she was too much pressure. But one thing she did emphasize that I do appreciate, because name was Angie, I could be wrong with the name, is that that they were paying their policies. That's one thing that Primerica is known for. Where a lot of these companies, they had to be taken to court from what I heard, including the ones prior to COVID that non-related to disease, but to, to you know, the, the all the fires that happened in California in the last six, seven years going back, um, that, you know, houses were burning, Palo Verdes, you know, up here in Northern California, right here, we're close to where I live. Um, they had to be taken to court. Well, there was a lot of life. That, that's referring to home insurance, right? But in reference to life insurance, there was companies that did not want to pay their policy. And there was lawsuits that had to take place. They just weren't spoken about like they should have been covered by the news because, of, of course, our, mu our, our, our news services uh, controlled by the media government complex, they report whatever the hell they want, the misinformation usually. So they didn't cover a lot of these lawsuits, and she went down into it. I, I wish I could have worked with her. I, wa I wanted to much later, but I, I didn't care about the, the pressure of, of Primerica, the, the, not the quota necessarily, but the pressure of just selling and but one thing I do stress and I do applaud them on is that they do pay their policy. They're they're they they're the ones that talk about it, they put it out there. That's great. God bless them. That's good. When you do good because people need to get paid if they've been paying to a policy. I know there's a lot of surviving kids out there that probably lost their father or mother or both. And we're left with a $250,000, $500,000 policy, maybe a million-dollar policy. Well, at least they get to, to, to you know, have some kind of safety net, you know, with their companion. Hopefully, depending on what they put on that insurance, you know, guidelines and all that stuff. Well, so, I'll uh, tell you, we worked with a Primerica guy back at the beginning of our marriage. And what he did was really just help us organize our finances better. And yeah. then we, we got a policy on me because I didn't have any insurance to speak of. And we've paid into that policy now for like 30 years. And it would just be a nice chunk of change for my kids and my husband if something happened to me. If something, that's, you see, like, for example, I'm getting something from my mom. But my mom didn't do the, the big work and she got it late. But it's at least safety money and plus a little bit of what's in the bank. But the thing is, the way things are going now, I can't buy a house. I have to literally either move out of California, even with a little bit of inheritance money. Or, and continue working. And since I'm not expecting a handout, I'm a Gen, I'm a Gen Xer. I work hard for my money and smart. Uh, I'm not expecting anybody to come and, and, and bankroll me. You know what I mean? Or, no, or I, like I entitled, like, like a lot of these younger kids now that they expect that the world owes them a damn dime or survival. 
and it sucks because they shouldn't be there. Nobody put them there. And, and they, they, they assume that the world owes them or there's going to be some kind of reformation or whatever. I told them, look, the only thing anything could change is government changes more and more for the people and the infrastructure changes. They go, but the way it is that the United States is still a powerhouse, militarized, military industrial complex is still here and it's not going to give that power overnight. Even if we do elect a third and fourth party, let's say, right? Because we see that most of these parties are, are, are as corrupt and just getting worse. Like, well, it's not going to go away overnight. This thing about almost $800 billion a year in military, that's not going to go overnight. We have enemies at the door all the time. And, and I go, there's things that are going to change over well, time. Let's just, there's, let's just say you know, this. Go ahead. I'm not planning on living on social security. I'm assuming exactly. it's not, it's not going to be there for me. And so yeah. that, that yeah. does. So, so you have to live already now. Like, like you're not going to get it, right? That's the attitude that you're, yeah, you're you not going to get it. So the, you have to have, yeah. Have to change your thinking and just assume that I do think that the government probably is going to collapse financially at some point. And then who knows what it's going to look like after that. But you know, I just I could I, I could tell you I, I already know I already know again biblically and it's going to be the mark of the beast it's going to be chipping it's going to be they're going to be in control of the digital currency eventually and I don't know how, uh, if you believe in the rapture or not Jenny I respect if you don't but uh, the whole thing is I do believe in it and many things are going to take place one world government uh, all this jobs who all they're going to get what they want. But they, they won't be able to have believers. It's either we get into some war, we disappear into the heavens because God comes back, rapture, that's what we Christians believe, or or we're, we're, we're beaten beat in a war and subjugated by them, which I don't see that happening because there's more of Christianity, people that believe, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses, and everybody that believes, and I'm pretty sure they'll put up a fight. But what I'm saying is there can't be the numbers of Christians that, or or Christian or or, or, or Christian uh, believing groups, uh, whatever variation, including Pentecostals and, you know, all the Protestant groups. Why? Because it would give the Antichrist how on earth fighting. He doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to fight. He wants where everybody will just comply. What do you think all this job was about? What do you think all this WEF, they're so adamant about pushing about about pushing uh, that that they prefer countries like the Asian countries that why because they don't question authority. That's what they want. So in their depopulation, they know who they want to depopulate. Those people that are most that will question authority, that will fight against authority and that will raise up arms. Whereas when they see a model in the communist system of China People comply. They don't question. Even though there is protest and all that, people tend to not question. So they prefer that kind of system in, and in their social credit, their surveillance and all that, because that's the model that they want for the world, but depopulated. So that's why they're bringing in fabricated famines, fabricated uh, a pandemic and everything. So little by little to depopulate, because even this question was, was, was asked in by this lady, I saw the, her, her picture, and it say, "If you comply, why are you? Why are they killing you? If you're obedient, why aren't they killing the dissenter? Meaning you, uh, uh, Jenny, me, and everybody else that dissent. They're killing off those that have obeyed. The problem, problem is, you don't want those that have obeyed. They're gonna be in such. In, in, if, if they don't die immediately, like like the like the documentary died suddenly, if they or or sad, you know." Uh, they, they they died in their sleep, and it was due to COVID, the COVID vaccination. Well, guess what? They're going to develop some kind of cancer, or God, 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 hopefully not. You know, I'm not wishing it on anybody by any means. Uh, some kind of terminally ill disease, you know, and that sucks. So if they don't get you at the beginning with blood clots and all that sort of stuff, they're going to get you throughout your life in the first few years will you Listen. drop dead because that's what they want out of people to drop for them to drop dead. I'm not talking about the old people. No, I think, want... I think their next big thing is just mass starvation. Well, yeah, that's going to happen, but not immediately here in the U.S. I mean, what do you know from that? I would like to get your perspective on that in regards to the famine and food shortage and all that. I know it's going to be a global thing, but let me ask you, because I've been asking my friends in Mexico, and they told me, they laugh at me. They said, not here. We have it, we have it under control. He goes, that's you guys over there. 
that's Biden. He points at me. My friend is Spanish. He goes, esos son ustedes los pendejos que se dejan ir. In other words, that's you idiots. You fuck ups that allowing that bullshit. He goes, but here we have that under control. I talked to the guys, the managers in Ralph's, Ralph's department store. We're probably up there in Colorado. Uh, Jenny, they're probably the Kroger, Kroger uh, uh, yeah, we, we supermarket. Yeah, we have here. Yeah. So our, our, uh, our Kroger is Ralph's, Ralph's grocery, supermarkets and all that. So the, I've talked to several in different stores, and they've all told me we're, we're not going to have a famine. At very most, you're going to have higher prices on the food. And maybe he goes on the vegetables. But he goes, all our stuff, we're getting it from Mexico. Now, in a real famine, if it, if Mexico's affected, let me tell you, Jenny, Mexico's going to close off. They got to protect themselves. They're going to say, basically, I'm going to put it to you this way, Jenny. They're going to say, fuck you. It's us or you. And it's better for us to survive than you to survive. Because they're going to use that as a, as a handle against the U.S. He goes, wait a minute, of all the shit you've done to us and the way you treat us sometime, no, then we survive first. You die. That's their attitude. I know many Mexicans. I know my own culture. They could be pretty cold when you see them. That's why we have cartels and mafia and all that shit. But don't, uh, don't tell us when it comes to survivalists, just about, it's kind of like what Serbia, Croatia was doing. They were, uh, Serbia, I think, was known for growing their own, uh, like Ukraine, their own grain, their own wheat. And what did they say? Now, now the French and the Germans are having a hard time getting cheap grain because they're beginning to feel, feel the pinch. Of the higher prices. And I'm not talking about two or three dollars a bag more. We're talking about twenty, thirty dollars a bag of flour, a kilo, or or maybe ten or twenty kilos, because they that's what they use, a metric system. So I feel it for them because many of those countries in Europe were relying on, on Ukrainian wheat, grain, and, and Russian. Russia's still selling, but Russia could at any time say, I don't want to, I need to survive. Serbia said the same thing. Those countries in the Balkans, they said the same thing. We grow, but if 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 it's you or us, it's gonna be us. You die, I could care less. I, I that's there's, the attitude they have. There's all sorts of ways that famine can show up, and I perceive that they've kicked. And I'm talking like World Economic Forum type people, Bill Gates. They've kicked certain things into action to just trifle with and mess with the food supply with shipping issues. You're hearing about the chicken feed and problems yeah. with eggs and the exactly. food. And all Let me ask you, what do you know about the eggs with. from your experience? What do you feel about the eggs? What's what the hell? I was paying $6 for 12. Now I'm paying $8 for 12, eggs, a dozen or 18 is now like over 10. What do you know about it? Because all I hear is there's a shortage. Yeah. But why suddenly a shortage like that? What do you well, know there, from it? There have been videos popping up on um, the internet from farmers saying okay. they believe there's something wrong with the feed. The Purina okay. chicken feed company is one of the biggest in the country. Okay. And the farmers are saying as soon as they took their chickens off that feed and went to something local, the chickens yeah. started laying eggs again. So somebody at Purina, one of the big corporations, it, 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 yeah. is messing with the feed for the chickens. And so, again, who's doing that? What's the goal? Why are they doing it? Are they trying to make us sick? Are they trying to deprive us of protein, cheap protein? I don't know. But it's not just eggs. It's, it's the whole food supply is, is kind of messy right now. And I agree with your Kroger friend, or would you say Ralph's, who says there's not going to be a food shortage. That's true. There, we may always be able to get food. It just may be crazy expensive. And exactly. We may not be able to get everything that we're used to getting. Exactly. exactly. That's what I was thinking. Animal because and the, and the reason the reason I say sorry to cut you off, Jen. The reason I say it is because I'm beginning to to load up. I'm getting getting all my canned uh, chicken. Uh, I told my mom, you know what? It's going to be just maybe oatmeal throughout the day with with some fruit and, and maybe chicken salad or tuna. I go, we're going to have to reduce our consumption. And as it is, my mom's eating less now, which is kind of uh, worrisome for me because uh, her age. Uh, but my mom is going to gonna be uh, 48 this, uh, this tomorrow on Thursday. On Thursday, actually, on the 2nd of February. So, I mean, she's going to be 80, not 48. Shit. 88. And um, I'm happy say, for her. she's 48. How old are you? Five? Shit. I, I, I mean, yeah. So, if she, she's turning 88 and I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy for her. Uh, she, she has this attitude that I'm ready to go. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, and when their but, digestion but, when their digestion starts to shut down and they can't process yeah. enough food, uh, the normal amount of food, that's that's a sign that it's getting closer. I, I've watched yeah. that with. The so, so what my, my sisters life. have, what my sisters have told me is just buy the insure and give her the insure on a daily basis, but and just keep her like that. Keep her giving her vitamin, but she's eating less. But she's 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 kind of like she forgets. So I have yeah. to be there feeding her like when you feed a baby. Yeah. You know? That's so sweet, That's, Vlad. Thinking about and, you taking about your sweet mom. Yeah. And, and, and I know that was, she, she could go any moment. Yeah. My daughter was with my father-in-law when he passed away. And that morning was Sunday and she was ready to go to church. And she said something restrained her and said, don't go to church. So she stayed home and she was holding his hand when he passed away. And, you know, she just felt like she was meant to be there. And it, yeah. and it meant so much to me because her and my other daughter had gone to live with him while they were going to school. So they lived in the house as he was in decline. He never went into the hospital or into uh, any sort of care. And the, the care care people would come into the home a couple times a week and help with his bath and stuff like that. But my girls were with him that whole last year. And I think it was so good for them and good for him, you know, to have them close by. And... Um, Anyway, I'm just so glad she has you, and I think you'll never forget this time in your life of taking care of her and sacrificing your own time and ambitions. And you know what? I see a, a better day ahead. I really do. I see lots and lots of light in the distance. We don't have to despair. And I'm so grateful the truth is coming out. That's the bottom line for me. With with all this with wonderful truth coming out, uh, Jenny, I just want to see a massive arrest. I do and too. prosecution oh, and I don't I, do I, I don't want regular courts. I want people tribunal. Yeah. Because I, I believe that a lot of these judges are compromised. They're 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 crooked. So what I would like to see is a people's tribunal where they send up directly to give them capital capital murder capital murder as a, as as a result because they took yeah. they have Genocide. much much blood. Yeah. They took out a life that your life is gonna go. You took people by the million. So the only fair and righteous thing to do is to take you out. Yep, I totally agree. Yeah. Hey, listen, Vlad, I've got to run, but thank you so much for participating. Oh, yeah, anytime, Jenny. You know, I love listening so to you. so much better when, when people show up to chat and uh, we can expand our views together. So thank you so much. I hope you and everyone has a great day. All right, you too. Bye.